Hello and welcome to Hot Air Diviners, an enchanting podcast where casual conversation blends into cosmic wisdom. Join me, Natasha, your dedicated card slinger, and me, Lauren, the cosmic queen of chaos, on a long-winded journey, where we'll be exploring the intersection of tarot, astrology, and beyond. Hello, Lauren. Hey, Natasha. Are you ready for this? I'm as ready as I'm going to be. (laughs) (laughs) I guess so. Uh, Trying trying to make it feel natural, like we haven't already been talking for over an hour. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes it takes us uh, a little bit to get get our notes together. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're here. We're ready. We hope you have enjoyed our new intro music mm-hmm. um i think it's really fun so i love it it's like a little spooky it's fun it's got a good vibe and like i i love an intro music that you can kind of uh shake your booty to <laughs> <laughs> so, that's fantastic i'm like yeah just like get you in a mood okay <laughs> Yeah, I love it because like the first word that comes to mind when I hear it is goofy, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I feel like that aligns very well uh, with us and what we're doing here. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me happy. Yep. All right. So let's jump in today. And we got our Instagram up and going as well. Oh, yeah, that's true. It exists now and it actually has a post on it. It's um, three. It has three. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we're almost uh, we're almost real people now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not you're not real until you have like a hundred posts on Instagram or whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there it is. Um, and obviously, we do still have the Substack up. You can find the podcast anywhere that you find podcasts. But yeah, if you want to subscribe directly to the Substack, you will get those episodes right in your email as well. So you have options. Um, I think that's all the announcements. All right. Today, we are going to talk about the new moon in Cancer. It is coming up on Saturday, July 17th at 2.31 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Let's see. New moon. So general moon phase themes. We have new ideas, new beginnings, planting new seeds, setting intentions, clarifying goals, that kind of stuff. Um, The super basic things I know about Cancer water sign ooh sorry my bones are popping um <laughs> water sign ruled by the moon and represented by the crab everyone on the internet likes to call cancer's big crybabies um <laughs> which i'm sure we will discuss more um but yeah do you want to lead us into the the meteor themes of the episode Lauren yeah so like the basic kind of archetypal theme of cancer and the moon um the moon is the closest astrological body to the earth so it the 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 moon symbolizes the uh, material world um it governs the waters and the tides as well as our emotions intuition um the moon is kind of the symbol of the archetypal mother um, we all come in to the world via uh, a mother through the Cancerian waters of the womb. We are birthed. Um, so yeah, so that's where the cancer archetype kind of comes from. Or not kind of, that's where it comes from. <laughs> yes, say it with confidence. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So like our, our moon side is how we express ourselves um, for cancers. The symbol of the crab is, what do you think about that? I, I want to know what you think about the symbol of the crab representing cancers and cancer archetype or personalities or whatever your experience is with cancer. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. It it flows well with the idea that like cancer is a water sign, of course, because crabs mm-hmm. are something you associate with the water, the ocean. Um, are there freshwater crabs? Maybe. Yeah. Yes. yes. Water in general. Um, 
Yeah. And kind of like this idea that they're very, they have this really strong protective shell. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And I guess that's kind of yeah the they're basic soft. idea for me. They're mm-hmm. soft, soft on the inside, um, but very strong on the outside. Yeah. And it's yeah. a lot of work to get past that shell. If yeah. anyone has ever like eaten a crab before. <laughs> Hard outer protective layer covering all the um, sweet mushiness underneath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you got, yeah, you definitely got to work to get through the shell. Um, I think for, is, yeah, for sure. Um, so cancers are also a cardinal sign, which means uh, it's an, an initiating sign, but it's a uh, a feminine or nocturnal sign. So the way you see that come through with cancer is like the crab, cancers don't always have the direct approach like the other cardinal signs, Aries and Cardinal, not Cardinal, Aries and Capricorn. Yeah, so cancers don't have the direct approach um, so much as uh, Aries and Capricorn. They are more like the crab in the way that they approach things, which may be kind of more of a side sideways approach. Uh, when you think about the crab, like a crab itself doesn't run forward. It, it actually moves sideways back and forth. Um, just kind of like, you know, the moon, of course, in its ever-changing cycles is always moving around the earth. It's the only planetary body in um, that we observe in astrology that orbits the earth itself. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, and a lot of like beginner astrology tutorials, I always hear people clarify it's like, we're referring to the moon as a planet. Don't worry, we know it's not an actual planet. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it's just kind of like a designation of like this this uh-huh. body moving moving through space. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it is very like unique perspective as far as. Um, yeah, being the only thing that circles the Earth versus circling mm-hmm. the Sun. Yeah, yeah, it's not on the the same type of elliptical path orbiting. I mean, it still orbits the Sun as well because it's moving with the Earth. But, oh, yeah, you know, it's like the Earth first. <laughs> I want to apologize to everyone in advance for my dog Molly. She has decided to be a co-host today on Hot Air Dividers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's all right. At least she's not gassing up your room anymore. Yeah, um. she was providing plenty of hot air <laughs> before we started recording, and I had to kick her out of the room. <laughs> it's like, listen, we have enough hot air, not that kind, uh, of our own. We don't need uh, you adding <laughs> yours. So, anyway, so now she's barking at the door occasionally and making all sorts of commotion outside the door. <laughs> Oh, goodness. It's okay. We we uh, love our rambunctious fur babies. Um, yeah, uh-huh. if it happens to, like, thunder or something here, then you'll also hear mine go off. So, yeah. fingers crossed that <laughs> the weather holds for a little bit longer. I mean, if anybody's, like, super offended by a dog being a dog um, and it coming through the podcast, then, yeah. <laughs> Are we... I don't know. Do I trust people who don't like dogs? No. So. (laughs) There it is. You heard it here first. (laughs) People who don't like dogs can't be trusted. (laughs) Um, uh, Gosh. But anyways, uh, back to cancer and crabs and what kind of themes... uh, might be worth diving into for this new moon. Mm-hmm. Was that a question? I kind of. I forgot to put a question mark there at the end, but <laughs> 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 what can we expect? <laughs> what can we expect from the theme of the the moon itself? Is that the question? Yeah. Or like this new moon in Cancer specifically. Uh, well, there's a lot going on around this new moon in Cancer. Um, so the, the new moon is happening at 24 degrees of 
Cancer. Um, it's going to be in a whole sign opposition to Pluto and Capricorn, um, as well as uh, Uranus and Jupiter in Taurus, which is the sign of the moon's exaltation. Uh, so having Jupiter there um, in a nice sextile to the moon is, uh, is nice. We also have a trine from Neptune and Pisces, the other water sign. And uh, the only other thing going on, really, is a Saturn-Mars opposition across Pisces and Virgo. Uh, a little bit tumultuous energy going on there. <laughs> um, five days after the new moon. Venus is going retrograde in Leo, and it will be retrograde until late September. Um, I think we're going to talk about that uh, maybe in our next episode, though. So I yeah. won't. Yeah. So I won't go into too much detail about Venus because we're talking about the new moon and Cancer. Um, so with the Saturn Mars opposition, Saturn is like. The brakes and Mars, the gas, they are across from each other in opposition. Mars is always, you know, wanting to move and take action and go forward. And Saturn is um, more, like we talked about in the Capricorn episode, more about um, taking things one step at a time and really building something that will last. So we've got that kind of gas and brakes dynamic going on between the two. Um, there. So, with Jupiter in Taurus and Neptune in Pisces, you do have those nice aspects to the moon as well. Um, I think the theme around this new moon is really centered around nurturing like a, a, a nurturing ourselves wherever the sign of cancer and the moon falls into your chart if you look at those houses um, to kind of determine where that nurturing where you need that nurturing or where that nurturing might be coming from um, whether it be your thoughts feelings emotions physical body um, yeah to kind of determine where that need is. Nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. If Cancer is kind of the mother figure of the Zodiac, that's definitely the archetype where you um, traditionally expect to experience nurturing mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, is, is in that kind of relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's always something worth examining. Mm -hmm. Uh in, in this day and age where <laughs> yeah. you're, you're constantly expected to be um, productive. So yeah. instead taking a moment to just kind of like step back and, and see where maybe you need to just take care of yourself is mm -hmm. a nice, nice little reminder. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about uh, the moon as a mother archetype and the moon or, or, you know, our, our mothers or whatever, relationships we have to our mothers that being the first relationship you know that we have in this world and I don't I don't know I don't want to get too deep because <laughs> <laughs> this can be like a um, it can be a, a heavy topic depending on you know your own situation but to look at it from you know how did we receive nurturing um, how you know how has that played out in our lives how has that manifest through as we've grown and matured the way that we need to be nurtured how we need nurturing um, how we nurture others yeah that's beautiful it makes a lot of sense um and yeah, even if your your own relationship with your mother or just even like the idea of mothering is complicated, mm -hmm. um, something that I see come up a lot as folks just become more uh, 
generally aware of the idea of like trauma in our our past experiences um and there just seems like there's a very prevalent conversation lately about the idea of like reparenting your inner child um and yeah just kind of like examining where you were nurtured in in your early life and um where that was was lacking for for whatever reason even um even if people like intend well but they just don't have the resources and support they need to provide uh the people they are supporting with yeah with what they need we also all have because we all have a moon in our charts and we all um wherever it may be we also have our own um mother archetype within ourselves and like we're saying you know how we nurture others and um our relationship to others as well is something that can be examined by um the sign where the sign of cancer is in your natal chart as well as where your moon is in the natal chart so true um yeah sorry i think i like lost lost track of what i was saying earlier but basically it yeah, could be a theme to come back to <laughs> yeah is, is just this idea of like reparenting yourself and looking for where you need um need additional care and nurturing and figuring out how to provide that for yourself mm-hmm. um rather than necessarily uh having to rely on a literal mother to do that for you mm-hmm. <laughs> um yeah so there we go Yeah, I had a sneaking suspicion that I didn't want to say about this recording of this episode before we we did it, um, because I I didn't want to set us up, you know, I just wanted to see how things played out, but I thought the approach that we may end up with, um, as we discussed the sign of cancer being very crab-like, where we're not going directly at it, and we seem to just be moving around the (laughs) Cancerian themes, eventually we'll get to the point where we're just not taking the straight line there. We're going to take, we're going to go back and forth um, sideways here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're definitely... um zigzagging a little Uh bit around here i'll be honest like i think a lot of the themes that naturally come up with cancer are just something that i i personally find really challenging to to confront and deal with in in my own life my relationship with the idea of like nurturing and motherhood and mothers in general as an archetype is extremely complicated Uh (laughs) due to my own like personal history uh with having had several stepmothers in my childhood and a a mother like a birth mother that I I do love very deeply um but you know we have a, a complicated weird relationship uh because I didn't really grow up with her I was raised by my father most of the time um yeah and so like a lot of the cancer themes are just like personally really uncomfortable <laughs> for uh-huh. me so I apologize if uh some of this episode is just straight up awkward but um yeah, I don't know. That's just the risk of having like a very public facing conversation um uh-huh. around all of these yeah, what can be deeply personal um ideas. Yeah. and stuff. And some some of them are just harder to approach from a uh a standoffish from a point of view, view, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. And then you have a lot of air in your chart as well. So Oh yeah. So basically all of the water signs make me uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And especially like cancer, like the the keywords that I, I hear associated with cancer a lot of times are like emotions. Um, mm-hmm. very emotional sign kind of thing. And yeah, like I definitely prefer to analyze my own emotions from a very intellectual space. Mm-hmm. Um and dealing with other folks big outburst of emotion is is challenging <laughs> in a lot of ways <laughs> for me it was like oh i want to be comforting but also i don't know how <laughs> yeah uh that, that kind of thing so yeah there we go sorry yeah. i'm weird <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'm... me me having the um the uh, Pisces, since we're talking about personal stuff, the Pisces Virgo um, 
opposition between my sun and my ascendant in my chart. And we're talking about, you know, the gas and the breaks of Saturn and uh, Mars that we'll be dealing with here very soon. Um, or, well, we will be by the time this uh, episode comes out. It's, yeah, it's very much like the gas and the breaks, the earth versus the water, um, the Pisces feeling of emotions and and the more instinctive versus the logical Virgo side of things that might be a struggle um, with that particular transit around the time of the new moon. Um, A pull between just feeling our emotions and being in our emotions versus wanting to kind of break them down and analyze them and solve them. We've got Mars over there that's like, you know, let's let's get this done. Yeah. And then <laughs> melancholic Saturn retrograde in Pisces that just wants to um, simmer and sit in the feelings. Yeah. See, that's definitely just not my vibe. I'm definitely uh, trying to fix it. <laughs> fix the emotion. <laughs> I don't know why would I want to sit in this shit. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it, folks. But we'll yeah, it takes no. it takes time. Like I can the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. It's as a Piscean person, I have to remind myself you can't like you need to sit in your emotions for a minute, but you can't live there. You've got to like pick your shit up and move on. Um, <laughs> yeah. At some point. <laughs> Yeah, balancing each other out here. It's like what Kurt Cobain said in those. I'm just a sad little Pisces. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) But yeah, I guess, I don't know, this is a good spot to talk about. Like, do we have any um, notable cancer placements? And for me, the answer is not really. (laughs) I have my Chiron, which is like a, a, a little asteroid thing. Um, in cancer and that's probably like the biggest the biggest thing for me personally um but that's about it i have very little water in general Mm -hmm. i uh and your cancer cancer's in your fourth house yeah Mm -hmm. um which is the house that cancer rules correctly yeah or am i correct sorry words uh yeah in your chart yes cancer is the fourth house so the moon and cancer is fourth health. And so my chart, I have zero placements in cancer. Um, I have no wow. feelings. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're there to discuss that. I have plenty. <laughs> but um, no, uh, I, of course, I'm a Sagittarius moon. Everybody knows that if you're listening to this podcast, if you listened to it uh, before or for two seconds, you probably figured that out. Uh, so yeah, Sagittarius moon. I've got. Uh, yeah moon and cancer or no not the moon and cancer (laughs) (laughs) i sound like such an idiot i'm like (laughs) we broke lauren y'all i don't know i don't know what's happened (laughs) uh i just picture i went from your chart in my head to my chart and and then i got everything anyways uh sagittarius moon cancer is my 11th house uh so yeah a very fiery moon fourth house moon for me. Eleventh house moon for you? No, fourth. Cancer is my eleventh uh, house. The moon is in the fourth. Oh, okay. Yeah. So for me, I guess, um, you know, when you don't have placements in a sign, whether you cancer or whatever, you look at the ruler of that sign to kind of determine what areas of life or, or how that particular area of life might show up or manifest for you. Um, so with my moon in the hot fiery sign of Sagittarius in the fourth house, uh, with the 11th house being more of like your friends and allies, uh, I see that the people that are closest to me, um, friends that have had throughout my life that I've been super close with have been few and far between, but when, when I have, um, the close friends that I do have are more like family and a lot of, uh, I have several family members that are 
really like my closest friends as well. If that nice. makes sense. That's what I was trying to say in a nutshell, and it just took me forever to get there. <laughs> very, I really crab crabbed path. that one. Yeah, nice. I really crabbed that. Up. Yeah, that sounds yeah. that sounds lovely though, mm-hmm. as opposed to like Chiron, which is what the the wound or something. <laughs> in <your> chart. <laughs> and it's like there's my cancer placement. Um, uh, well, but. I mean, yeah, it it shows up differently. I don't have very many close friends, but when I yeah, when I do let people uh, pass that hard outer crab shell, then your family. Nice. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I just like, we have mm-hmm. we've been all over the we've been all over the place today. Uh, this might be a short episode so that we don't completely crash the train off the rails, uh, but that's okay. Let's see. Let's sum up. We're talking about a new moon. Mm-hmm. It's happening in Cancer. That's right. It's happening on Saturday, July 17th. As far as I know. Yep. Who knows? <laughs> what is time or space? Uh, <laughs> summary <laughs> of these basic themes. We are talking about the idea of nurturing both ourselves and others. Cancer is this very um, emotional, watery sign. And yeah. That's like uh-huh. the biggest overarching theme, uh-huh. I think. Uh, cool. Let's bring in some tarot. Uh, what is the major arcana card traditionally associated with cancer? The chariot. That's weird, in my you opinion. Would, I, it is. I think it's weird, too. It. I feel like it's, why is it not the moon? You would. Um, that would be obvious that it would be the moon, but no, the moon uh, correlates to the sign of Pisces, not Cancer, and the chariot. Which I guess that kind of makes sense, but to Cancer, I have uh, read on that, and but it didn't get a chance to review before we recorded this. Um, I was basically just putting all of my tarot cards in your basket and hoping you were going to pull this one through for us yeah. on the chariot. <laughs> well. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, like, the idea of, I guess, yeah, I don't know. I personally, I think it's weird. And these associations are just kind of, like, decided by some random folks. Like, if I'm understanding you correctly, this mostly comes from the old uh, Order of the Golden Dawn associations, I'm pretty sure. Uh, So, I don't know. I personally just wouldn't do that. I don't associate cancer with the chariot. <laughs> it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But also, like, some of these associations make more sense if you're using, like, the the Thoth deck, the Crowley deck. Um, I'm probably saying that wrong. But the Thoth. Thoth. But, and I, I don't know. I think a lot of people say it differently. I don't. Yeah. That's all I know. Um, and, <laughs> yeah, I'm not very familiar with that deck but a lot of the some of the meanings change and uh, a couple of the major icon are like reordered like they go in a different order so i don't know it might 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 make more sense if you're familiar with with that deck or something but it doesn't doesn't personally make a ton of sense to me like if i think i think if i were just looking at the major arcana and like picking a card that feels like cancer i probably would pick like the empress um yeah that's kind of i think the the major arcana card that i associate most with the archetype of mothering of nurturing of like Mm -hmm. bringing something into the world i know like many decks depict the empress as pregnant which is is not my favorite thing um, but there's sure if you want like that literal birth mm-hmm. aspect that's there, um, but also just more abstractly it can also be associated with the idea of like birthing a creative project into the yeah. world, which is usually more the direction I go as a yeah. a childless person. With um, Venus, are we with the Empress? I normally associate that more with Venus, like the fertility and you know, uh, mm, interesting, the, yeah, more of the Venusian 
type fertility. But no, there's definitely a lot of uh, moon themes running through that. And like we talked about in the Taurus episode, you know, the moon is exalted in Taurus, and there is a lot of overlap between um, the Venusian and um, the lunar, yeah. being, you know, the two mainly feminine archetypes or bodies within astrology. Yeah, it's interesting. I think like some of the, uh, for lack of a better word, conflict here comes from the fact that we're talking about cancer is ruled by the moon. And we have the moon as this really big symbol that shows up both in astrology and the tarot, but they don't necessarily correlate one to one as far as what those symbols stand for in each of the systems. You know what I mean? Like the tarot, yeah. the moon in the tarot um, has a very different connotation. I, I feel like then just like a cancer moon, you know what I mean? Where cancer is talking more about this idea of like nurturing and um, emotions and, you know, they kind of overlap a little bit with this idea of like intuition or whatever, but the moon in tarot is, feels a lot more um, shadowy. Like it's more this idea of like hiding things and uncertainty mm-hmm. yeah there's really the duality like, Pisces. yeah and, and, and so it, yeah it, it feels definitely mm-hmm. more more pisces um there's not really that necessarily like nurturing aspect to the tarot moon card that i associate mm-hmm. with like the the cancerian archetype yeah um, but back to the chariot really quickly um one of the correlations that I do make with the chariot being about movement Mm -hmm. and when you you know we've talked a lot about movement as far as the crab goes when you think about watery uh shelled creatures you know that I don't know it kind of makes me think of like a turtle a sea turtle in a way Mm -hmm. of having um the home you know on their back and wherever Mm -hmm. they go you know, having that having that um, layer of protection of home or whatever it is. Um, Interesting. Yeah. It sounds to me like instead of a chariot, the chariot should be a big RV. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the movement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of the moon, the constant cycling and movement of the of the moon. Yeah, like an RV or or a sea turtle or you know like um, some type of moving. A houseboat. Yeah. <laughs> there a you house go. Then you're boat. on the then you're on the water at least. Mm-hmm. Um, That's really funny. That reminded me of a dream I had about being on a houseboat with two family members, one a cancer sun and a cancer rising. Uh, <laughs> 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 Anyways, I'm gonna get funny. into my weird dreams. We might save well, I mean that's Okay. A fun bonus episode sometime. Oh we yeah. We just talk about oh, the weird, yeah. weird things that show up in our dreams. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, that would, that would be fascinating. Yeah, if you guys want to hear us do an episode on dream interpretation, um, that oh, is, I love <laughs> some dream interpretation. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, I, I well at the of, end. 90% of my dreams are just here to tell me, it's like, bitch, you anxious. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know. Please let me rest. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyways, listen to the for the um, uh, outro to find out how you can um, let us know about your dreams and if you want us to interpret them. <laughs> oh, that could that could be interesting. I would probably have to leave that mostly to Lauren, but yeah, that would be we are fun. yeah. This would be a totally amateur interpretation. So um, while well, we would give it our best effort. But there are no promises being made here. Yeah. Or if you want to write in and let us know if you're one of those strange people who just like never dream or never remember your dreams. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You people, you people fascinate me. Because <laughs> My- I'm like, gosh, I'm so tired all the time. It's like I dream every night. I don't, I don't know what it would be like to get real rest when I close my eyes. <laughs> my husband is one of those. He like right, very rarely you. dreams. It's so weird. So weird. And when yeah. he does, it's like an it is an anxious dream. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Same for my husband too. Um, I wonder if that's just how 
how most couples work out it's like you have one person who's just like the crazy dreamer and then the other person mm-hmm. who just dies to the world when they finally go to sleep at night i do both though it's just really weird sometimes i have i have to take a moment and like stop myself and think was that something i dreamed or is this a conversation i actually had <laughs> and it happens quite often i have to yeah to, yeah yeah most of mine are strange enough that i like don't confuse them with real life but every yeah. now and then there will be like a weird one where it's like did do i need to talk about this i don't know <laughs> did we already do that i um, <laughs> No, no, a quick story. Do you want me to tell a quick story? Yeah, sure. Why not? I had a dream once that I was applying at this uh, for a job at this accounting firm slash restaurant, and <laughs> I was going to do like accounting, some accounting stuff, and some like, book work in the back, but also be at waitress. And so I get called in for the interview, and they're basically like, "You, you basically have the job. The only thing you need um, is you have to bring your own tea pitcher to work." <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> completely like I, you know, wake up in the morning. I'm like, "Well, that was a weird dream." Uh, completely forget about it and then I'm at Walmart I don't know several days later and there's an end cap aisle and there's all these like plastic tea pitchers and I stopped and I was like I feel like I was needing one of these for something but I can't remember what it was and I was sitting there like thinking this is my about dream it. job interview <laughs> and then I realized that's what it was. <laughs> and, I was and I just laughed and walked off <laughs> oh my gosh that's incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> Let's see. Um, So what were we talking about again? Yeah, yeah. Back on the rails. Let's see. (laughs) Uh, We were talking about tarot and the new moon and cancer. And yeah. Yeah, we talked about some of the cards. The chariot, the empress, the moon card. Uh, Then there's the new moon and cancer, which is happening in the third decan of cancer, which is the last 10 degrees. And the card that corresponds with that. Uh, according to whoever made this system up, uh, <laughs> it's the Four of Cups. So Which sounds like a little easier to, I don't know, a little easier for me personally to associate with mm-hmm. with Cancer because at least it's a cup, which is mm-hmm. watery, mm-hmm. Um, and the Four of Cups is is usually like you have someone who has three cups, and there's someone else in the photo who looks like they're trying to offer them a fourth cup Mm -hmm. and it's unclear whether like the main figure is ignoring the person offering the cup or like unaware that they're back there or something something like that and it's kind Mm -hmm. of this idea of like there is a thing being offered to you or that is available to you um and you have you should make a choice about whether or not to to accept it Mm -hmm. um and with cancer being about nurturing i feel like a lot of us have some baggage around like that mm-hmm. concept and, and whether or not we're like worthy of being cared for, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, or like want or know that we want and need to be cared for, but have a hard time accessing the resources in order to make that happen for ourselves, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And yeah. to go back to like what I was saying about the Empress, I think that's part of why I think of the Empress when I think of cancer is because of the way Lindsay Mack, who is um, like uh, Terror for the Wild Soul, the way she talks about the Empress is very much one of receiving. And the Empress is this opportunity to like receive good things. And she's frequently talked about how it's just not as easy as it sounds. Like mm-hmm. I think a lot of us have um, have a hard time accepting gifts whether that is from like a specific individual or a situation or just like believing that Mm -hmm. uh we we deserve to have good things happen to us Mm -hmm. basically and that i think that's something i associate with empress and that's why it comes to mind when i think of cancer and this idea of um yeah receiving care in some way Mm -hmm. gonna make a, a mental note for that for when we talk about the venus um retrograde Ooh, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, but yeah, there we go. That's kind of uh, some of the tarot cards that come up for me, at least, whenever I think of cancer. Is there any any other card that comes to mind for you, Lauren? 
Um, no, not not particular. I mean, just the the as far as the decans, it's the two two for the first decan of cancer, three for the second, which we spoke about a little bit last time, and then four of cups. Okay. Nice. Associated with cancer. That's really beautiful. I feel like those those particular cards fit into that decan better than some of the other um, associations I see for various uh-huh. decans. Uh, yeah, all very, very relational. Yeah. Ways. Uh-huh. For okay. sure. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Cool. So let's make a tarot spread. Um, this one, thankfully... I don't know. While talking while talking about all these various themes uh, was somewhat challenging for for whatever reason today. The spread came to mind a little bit easier, which is nice. So I already have some like rough questions I think jotted down here, and I was thinking we'd focus the spread just kind of like around that main obvious theme of nurturing and kind of like uh-huh. caring for oneself. That makes sense to you, Lauren? It absolutely um, does. It's yeah. It's always something that can can use a little bit of further examination to how to better nurture ourselves and others. Yeah. All right. Cool. So the spread I came up with, um, we're going to end up drawing four cards or more if you just really want more cards. Um, <laughs> but I said, <laughs> how can I better tend to my physical needs emotional needs and spiritual needs and we're gonna draw a card for each one of those kinds of needs and then a closing question of how my better care for myself improve the way I care for others so I think like the main idea we're getting at here is how can I meet my own needs and how will doing so be better for all of the relationships around me. Uh Um, If you've ever flown, it's, you know, that whole spiel about put your own oxygen mask on before you help the person next to you. Uh Uh, Yeah. That's, that's the concept. Yeah. Today I am shuffling through the everyday witch tarot. I haven't pulled it out in a while. Super cute. Um, all the cards have witches with like fun pointy hats and little striped socks. And every single card has cats hidden in it. Oh, um, I love a cat card. It's adorable. <laughs> All right. Let's see. Here is our example. How can I better tend to my physical needs? I have the seven of pentacles. My emotional needs. The Three of Swords and my spiritual needs. The Eight of Pentacles. Oh, that's fun. Um, wow. And how might better care for myself improve the way I care for others? Justice. That's interesting. Um, cool. Did you draw some cards to you, Lauren? I did. Do you want to share them or keep them secret? Uh, no, I found them very interesting. So uh, for how I better tend to my physical needs, I've got the Queen of Pentacles. Mm. Um, yeah. And my emotional needs, the Queen of Cups. Oh, wow. Spiritual needs, I've got death. And the... Um, how might I better care for myself to improve the way I care for others? The eight of wands. So very, something very interesting to reflect on for sure. Wow. Yeah. I love that queen of pentacles and queen of cups for your physical and emotional needs. It's like, you can't get much more like mm-hmm. nail, nail on the head, but than that, um, yeah, my cards know that they need to be obvious with me. Otherwise, I will just ruminate on them until I'm like, I don't even know yeah. anymore. I give up. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Um, yeah, so for mine, I have physical needs. I have the Seven of Pentacles. It's a picture of someone harvesting grapes in a vineyard. And... 
That's really interesting. Yeah. The harvesting of, you know, something that, you know, a, a, a food that sustains and nurtures the body. Yeah. It's also it's also a food that turns into wine, which is kind of fun. It um, mm-hmm. There's yeah. that too. Yeah, it's interesting because it's like the Seven of Pentacles comes up as like a card of harvest, which implies that some of the work is already done. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's a sign to just keep continuing on the path you're on if you have um, a good physical routine that you like, like some kind of movement that really nourishes um Uh your body and and your mind honestly uh yeah to maybe just stick to that path and you're on your way to reaping the rewards of that Uh how can i better attend to my emotional needs we have the three of swords which is brutal (laughs) uh typically that's the card with the big broken heart that has three swords stabbed right through it um but it makes sense here i think like tending to your emotional needs the very first thing you have to do is just kind of acknowledge where the wounds are um that way you can tend to them so they don't fester because just like shoving things down and ignoring ignoring stuff um will always come back up later you can't you can't heal anything if you still got a sword stuck in it um so there you I go don't know. if you wrap enough bandaging around it <laughs> maybe you won't see it anymore <laughs> just, just walk around with like big big swords sticking out of your chest all the time it's, it's part of your um, costume uh, yeah, I, I suspect <laughs> I suspect it will eventually go septic. <laughs> but, you know, so something mm-hmm. something to tend to for sure there. Um acknowledge yeah. the hurt places, work mm-hmm. through it. Uh you can't stuff it down forever. And cover it up and hide it. Yeah, it's like very, really hard to hide well. a sword in your chest. Yeah. Um <laughs> and how can I better tend to my spiritual needs? And we have the eight of pentacles, which is kind of fun and interesting because the pentacles are typically like very earthy practical suit and we're talking about spiritual needs which is you know usually associated with being like more ethereal and intuitive or whatever but i think the eight of pentacles is lovely here because the eight is someone who is um honing their skills through Uh repeated practice and i think it's easy to forget that like your spiritual needs and i'm using spiritual like very loosely here i'm i'm thinking of it as our sense of fulfillment and feeling connected to things outside of ourselves Mm -hmm. um whether that's community or a higher power or just the cycles of the earth in general um i'm using spiritual in an extremely broad sense here so you know go with whatever fits your your lifestyle um the best but i think it's easy to like think about these kind of nebulous spiritual concepts um as like this thing that just magically occurs and it's not (laughs) um it's like it's a practice it's something that you have to like engage in and engage with regularly in order for it to feel beneficial and i think that's very much what the eight of pentacles is is communicating Uh i would agree and finally, how might better care for myself improve the way I care for others? And I drew justice, um, which is fun. Not fun. That's not the word I meant. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, nobody I don't know. Sometimes pulls I bring justice, justice and they're like, ooh, fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, nice. But I think it makes sense. <laughs> it if does. You, are caring for yourself then you are in a much better more balanced headspace to care for others you are more likely to approach situations in a way that um feels fair Mm -hmm. or balanced you're less likely to be projecting your own 
stuff onto other people. Uh, yeah. You're Valid. more likely yeah. to act, act out of a sense of, um, my words are failing me here. I think it's more but like you're gonna a, have a more balanced approach. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. And look at it from like the give and take standpoint as well. And the, the balance there, uh, what are you giving? What are you taking? Um, you know, and that the relationship you have with whomever you're caring for. Yeah. Ta-da. There you go. Dun, There's dun, a tarot spread. You'll find the lovely graphic <laughs> in the show notes as usual. And it will appear on our Instagram account at Hot Air Diviners uh, at some point as well. So keep an eye out for that. We got and here. We got here. We made it. However, sideways, we may have walked here. We made it to the end <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> I think. Um, we drifted and, back and forth through the sands of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. It's been, uh, it's been a trip. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's see announcement wise i think mostly we can just say that you have an episode to look forward to for the upcoming venus retrograde Mm -hmm. if you follow any astrologers at all i'm sure you have seen this mentioned already on social media it is it is coming and everyone has lots of stuff to say about it it's Um, a big deal (laughs) it's a big deal um so i think We'll see. We'll see what Lauren thinks about this. But we had briefly talked about doing maybe a horoscope-ish uh, episode about the upcoming Venus retrograde, where we might run through all of the signs in the zodiac with kind of like some some big themes that you might expect mm-hmm. to see come up during that time. And then I'm going to pull a tarot card for each sign for the Venus retrograde. And yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. We've never done an episode like that before. Yeah, I think so too. I think so too. We'll just look at, you know, based on your rising sign, where are the houses ruled by Venus, Taurus, and Libra in your chart? Where is the house of Leo and where does that fall in your chart? And how do those three things and the Venus retrograde all come together and what what themes uh, might you see around this retrograde yeah i think it'll be fun it'll be interesting definitely a little something for everyone (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i hope you will join us for that um otherwise i think that's all we have today that's all folks (laughs) (laughs) bye see you all next time see ya Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Hot Air Diviners. If you enjoy this podcast, it would mean the world to us if you could rate and review the show wherever you listen. By leaving a review, you not only show support for the show, but you also help others discover the podcast. If you're interested in more Hot Air Diviners content, you can find us on Instagram and Substack as Hot Air Diviners. If you have a comment or a question you'd like us to answer on the show, you can email us at hotairdiviners at gmail.com. If you want more straight up astrology content, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Firemoon Astrology or book a reading with me through the link in the show notes. And if you're interested in more tarot, plus whatever else might spark my curiosity, you can find me, Natasha, on Substack and Instagram as The Present Pursuit. Thanks for being here and see you next time. Bye. Bye.